All aboard the History Express. My name is Donnie Hazel, and I am your host. To all my original listeners, welcome back. To all my new listeners, welcome. We hope you enjoy this episode of the History Express podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. When a lonely girl's imaginary friends turn frighteningly real, a young family's dream becomes a nightmare. Attacked by entities from beyond the grave, they find themselves helpless within their own home. As the violence escalates, they try in desperation to fight back and understand what is happening around them. Their search for answers leads to a scientist who studies the paranormal and a medium who claims to see the dead. The family soon discovers there is no place to hide. Before they can find peace, they must first come to terms with what lies behind the haunting. Georgia, a young family began searching for a home. They were just starting out and needed something affordable where it was safe and peaceful. Somewhere they could raise children and not worry about crime. After a year of searching, Andy and Lisa Wyrick found the perfect place. A brick ranch with a spacious yard. The previous owners had walked off and left it. It was abandoned. Here they could raise their daughter, Heidi, with no worries. Or so they thought. He's living where we was at. You like it? The Wyricks never asked why the owners had left abruptly. Are you excited? Finding the house was their good fortune. It was all Andy had hoped for and more. I was happy I went with 21 years old, you know, bought my own house and thought I was, you know, something. Wyricks moved in and began turning the house into a home. We were just trying to make do with what we had, and we, we did. We were happy as anybody could be. There was only one drawback. There weren't any other children in the neighborhood. But Heidi didn't seem to mind. She loved it, the yard was big, and I didn't ever seem to have to worry about her.
I want to say it was back in, it was in March. It was late in the afternoon, Andy was at work, and Heidi had wanted to go out to play. Are you having a tea party? Mind if I join you? My name is Mr. Gordy. What is your name? Heidi. How old are you? Heidi, would you like to go swing on my swing with me? Can I go swing on the swing with the man? What man? What do you see No, we don't play with people that we don't know. We don't talk to anyone or play with anyone. You sit right here. We're gonna call your dad. First thing that comes to mind is somebody wants to kidnap her. I guess that'd be any parent's first reaction. Can I please speak to Andy? Andy, it's your wife. Hello. Andy, can you please come home? What's the matter? Heidi said there was a man outside. A man? Uh, he wants her to come outside and play. You keep her inside and don't let her go out. You keep all the doors locked. And I'll be just as fast as I can get there. All right, please hurry. We don't play with people that we don't know. We don't talk to anyone or play with anyone ever. Lisa, what's going on? I don't know. There was a guy that wanted Heidi to come out and play. That's all I know. Stay in the house and don't go outside. That's got to be the worst thing that could happen to a parent in the world, for your kid to come up missing. And it just sent me into a, just, you know, a rage. I didn't know if he was trying to lure her off or abductor, kidnapper, or whatever, because you don't know about people these days. I mean, I'll face to face with anybody. Uh, I ain't scared of nobody but God. Um, but, I, you know, I never did find nothing. As the weeks passed, Heidi mentioned the man several more times. His name was Mr. Gordy, she told her parents. He often came by to see her and they played. She described him as having grayish silver hair and wearing a dark suit. The Wyricks asked their neighbors if they knew a man who fit this description. None of them did. 
Push me higher, Mr. Gordy. Even higher. After she had talked about this guy, I kind of kept my eye on her a lot, a lot more than I normally would have. saw Mr. Gordy. She began to wonder if he was just an imaginary playmate. Mr. Gordy! She'd tell me the next morning that Mr. Gordy had came while she was in bed and talked to her, and sit on the bed and talked to her. I get to see Mr. Gordy today, Mama. You mm -hmm. Mr. Gordy seemed to be everywhere and nowhere. Talked about him constantly. Tell me, where does this Mr. Gordy live? He lives up there, Mama. Are you sure? Uh huh. I thought Mr. Gordy was make believe. A lot of kids imagine things when they don't have anyone to play with. So I just, I just thought it was something made up. Heidi, your lunch is ready. Lisa humored her daughter, but it seemed as if Mr. Gordy was becoming a big part of Heidi's go. life. Mom, can I in room? Daddy, why don't you eat in here with me today? No, no I'll eat with Mr. Gordy. Okay. Don't forget to play. I, I mean, I didn't see any harm in having an imaginary friend, especially when she didn't have someone. extra plates of food she brought him always remained untouched. Heidi told her mother they talked about all sorts of things, but nothing in particular. Lisa grew concerned that Heidi was spending too much time by herself. Over time, Lisa and Andy grew accustomed to hearing Heidi talk about Mr. Gordy. It seemed to be innocent child's play. My name's Khan. What's wrong? Are you okay? 
calmly told her mother about the man. Who's at that door, Mr. Gordy? No, Mama. He has blood on this shirt. Are you sure it was blood on him? Yeah, Mama. You stand right here. Don't you go anywhere. Stand right here. When Lisa heard there was a man at the door with blood on his shirt, right there. suddenly, it was no longer a game. you to stay in the kitchen. You sit right here. Don't get up. Are you okay? I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Lisa was now certain this was another one of Heidi's made-up stories. Heidi, there was no one at the door. There was no one outside. But I saw him, Mama. Well, how did Mr. Gordy get blood on his shirt? It wasn't Mr. Gordy. Well, from now on, I don't want you to answer the door. You let me get it from now on, okay? Okay, Mama. Okay. As the line between the imaginary and the real blurred, mother and daughter grew more isolated from each other. Kind of felt stupid, you know, looking for something that I thought really didn't even exist, something that was made up. So I kind of just played it off when she would talk about him, and I'd just laugh with her and just agree with whatever she had to say. Mr. Gordy! Mr. Gordy! Months went by, and Heidi's bond with Mr. Gordy grew stronger. Lisa and Andy believed Mr. Gordy and Khan were the same man, someone she had created in her mind. I like you very much, Heidi. You too, Mr. Gordy. She talked about Mr. Gordy, I, I would say almost every day. Everything was Mr. Gordy this, Mr. Gordy that. I play with Mr. Gordy today. Although Heidi spent long hours by herself, she appeared to be happy. Her parents laid their concerns to rest. Lisa and Andy Wyrick moved to their new home in rural Georgia. Their daughter Heidi talked of having a friend named Mr. Gordy. The girl's parents never saw the man and dismissed him as a figment of their daughter's imagination. Yes, have you missed me? But the family soon learned there were others in the house.
The dark figure remained in shadow and silently moved through the house. No matter what her father said, Heidi no longer felt safe. It really, really scared her then. I mean, she she slept with she slept with us for probably two weeks after that, and then she slept with a light on for a long time. Lisa was worried about her daughter and turned to her family for support. She was particularly close to her sister, Joyce Kathy. Lisa had called me and said that her next door neighbor was selling the property. She said it'd be great, you know, if you could move up and live next door. As she was moving in, Joyce noticed Heidi playing in the yard. Mr. Gordy. She heard her niece speaking to someone. Lisa, who is that Heidi's talking to? Oh, it's Mr. Gordy. She talks to him all the time, her imaginary friend. Mr. Gordy. Mr. Gordy. Joyce found it disturbing that Mr. Gordy was Heidi's constant companion. Andy hoped to draw Heidi's attention away from Mr. Gordy. He brought home a new pet. Oh, you see what I got you? Got you a new dog? Named Sheba. You like it? Mm -hmm. You got somebody to play with now. You like that? Mm -hmm. Huh? Joyce had bought the property from Miss Kelly, whose family had lived there since the early 1900s. Once Joyce was settled in, Miss Kelly stopped by for a visit. This is a warranty deed to the place. I thought maybe you might want to have it. Just okay. not mine no more. Okay. So how you like living in Valley? Pretty good. It's not home, though. <laughs> oh, I know. It's never like home. Miss Kelly, hmm. who is this This here, James Gordy? James Gordy, he was a, a lifetime friend of the family. So he wasn't a relative? No, he took care of my mother's business. He signed all her legal papers and everything before. Where does he live now? He used to live in this two-story house up in the right as you go toward Waverly Hall. Mm -hmm. Right up on the main road? Uh-huh, mm -hmm. and then in 1974, they moved to Columbus. Well, where's he living now? He's Do dead. You know? He died in 1974. He's dead? Uh-huh. The name just looked real familiar to me. Mm -hmm. I thought it might be somebody I knew. I had this great big knot in my throat because it was that was the first time that we had seen the name. I mean, I immediately thought, I wonder if this is the same Mr. Gordy that Heidi's been talking about. Miss Kelly said James Gordy had gray hair, 
and always wore a dark suit, just like the Mr. Gordy Heidi described. You're not gonna believe this. Look, look at that. Gordy. Could that be Heidi's Mr. Gordy? I don't know. It, it could be. I, I asked her if she knew him and she said she did and that he was a friend of the family. And he was the executor of her mother's will. But Lisa, he's been dead for years. Dead? Back in the early the 70s. The coincidence was unnerving. But Lisa refused to believe that this was the same Mr. Gordy who kept her daughter company. Lisa needed answers. She went to the library to learn everything she could about James Gordy. Looked it up on Microfish to see when he had died and saw where he was buried. Then looked up the deeds to the property and there was his name and his name was on several things. He was the caretaker of the people that had lived there. Lisa had to prove to Heidi that Mr. Gordy could not possibly be visiting her. It's kind of hard to describe the feeling that you have. I told her, I said, Heidi, Mr. Gordy has passed away. He's not a real person. And she said, well, Mama, he's real to me. He looks, he looks as real as you are. Heidi had asked, could we visit his grave? Lisa and her father-in-law drove Heidi out to the cemetery. Wait a minute, Heidi. Heidi, wait. She ran as if she knew exactly where she was going. It was the final resting place of James Gordy. Mama, look, Mr. Gordy. So when we pulled up, Heidi automatically said, that's Mr. Gordy's grave. And she went right to it. Out of, I don't even know how many, hundreds of them, she went right to it. She knew right where he was buried. The incident posed a disturbing question. How could Heidi have known which grave was his when she couldn't even read his name? Grandfather, can you read that to me? It says, James S. Gordy. He was born in 1888. He died in 1974. He's been dead for a long time now. Lisa found it hard to accept that her daughter's playmate was dead. But now there seemed to be proof. It left her even more worried than before. What do you think when your child is seeing something that's, that you really can't do anything about? Something you can't even see, you know, or, or you can't even talk to them yourself and say, look, leave her alone or go back to where you came from. When you can't see it yourself, you just, you don't know, you don't know what to do. In times of crisis, Lisa relied on her close-knit family. Did you ever finish her niece, Kelly Brown, came by for a visit. 
just started just barking and just going crazy and just snarling his hair was standing up and he was looking into the to the kitchen I mean growling showing all teeth but we didn't see anything there was nothing there it was like it could see something but we couldn't see anything that was very scary it was and the dog was like beside itself I don't want you to be scared okay soon after the dog ran off and didn't return. The Wyricks struggled to accept their daughter's friendship with a man who had died 10 years before she was born. Heidi claimed Mr. Gordy was real and that he came to see her every day. Now, there was another more fearful presence in their lives. Lisa was determined to make sense of what was happening. She called Miss Kelly, whose family had lived next door for more than 80 years, for help. Lisa asked her if there had ever been any unexplained activity on the property. Miss Kelly said no. Miss Kelly's got some old pictures of her family. She'd like for you to look at and see if you recognize anyone. Take your time. Heidi went through them all. When she came to an old, yellowed snapshot of five people, she recognized someone. That's Khan, the one with the blood on his shirt. Are you sure? Yes. You sure that's Khan? Mm-hmm. It was Khan, the man who had appeared on their doorstep in a bloody T-shirt, his hand in a bandage. And which one did you say was Khan? Lisa. That's him, but his name is Lon. And he's my uncle. And he got his hand cut off when he's a real young boy in a cotton gin up here. You've got to be kidding, Miss Kelly. I'm serious, honey. I am serious. That is When me. Lon was a teenager, said Miss Kelly, he lived on the property. Lisa suddenly realized that the man Heidi claimed to have seen on their doorstep was not Mr. Gordy, but another person who was also dead. He passed away in 1957. Just to know the fact that he had passed away and had lived on this land scared me to death. I was very scared. Lisa's fear came from not knowing what might be lurking inside their home and why they had chosen her little girl. Scared. There's a man behind you. Who 
Are you sure? Is he still there? Andy! What? Patty said there was a man standing behind you. It was unnerving. The family didn't even feel comfortable in their own home. I knew something was going on. I mean, I never really, you know, had experienced anything like this. I know it's something. I don't know what, but it's something. Up to now, the entities had made themselves known only to Heidi. That was about to change. Lisa and her niece Kelly were arranging flowers for a relative's wedding. Look for some of like maybe the smaller ones. Oh my god. What do we do? Let's get out of here. When you're there in broad daylight and a chair moves, you really you know you don't have any other alternative but to know something's in the house. What that something was. Only Heidi could see. several times before, but this was the first time she felt physically threatened by him. Seeing an apparition, you know, is one thing, but, you know, I always heard that, you know, they could never harm you. Cool. What I got was some chips. Chips. Come on, let me take some. getting heavy. Heidi was again having trouble sleeping. She told her parents she wanted to leave the house. Andy tried to assure his daughter there was nothing to be afraid of. While they put up a brave front, Lisa and Andy were beginning to have their doubts. At this point, I was undecided. I talked to my husband about it, should we move? Because I knew then that the house was haunted. Um, he said, well, let's just wait a while, see if it gets any better. Of course, it didn't.
this pony. Oh my God, what happened to you? in your face to Lisa the scratches looked like claw marks Lisa and Andy interpreted the marks as a warning that night the Wyrick stayed with relatives but got little sleep they worried about what to do next They were now locked in a battle of wills with forces they could neither see nor understand. But they refused to give in to their fears and returned the next day. It's really caused a lot of strife in the family because, you know, they don't really know where to turn. They, they really would like to sell the place, but financially it just hadn't been feasible for them. The night after they discovered the scratch marks on Heidi's face, Andy awoke with a severe pain in his side. Come here, look. Oh my God. Now this is weird, it's happened to Heidi and it's happened to me. What is it? I don't know, but it's burning so bad I can't hardly stand it. As soon as I woke up, my side was just burning like fire. And I had three claw marks going up my side. I knew that something you know, was was doing it, but I I mean I didn't I didn't know what. In trees around the property, vultures gathered, watching and waiting. The Wyricks felt things were going to get worse. The very next night, Andy awoke with more claw marks. He had them down his back, his legs. These were deep, long gashes. It went on for several nights. He said, if it happens again, he said, we're moving. We're going to leave everything in the house, and they can have it all. We'll just move away and leave it all. we got to do something. We can't keep letting it go on like this. We're going, if we can't get something done, we're going to have to move. we got to do something. I know. Before giving up their home, Lisa decided to make one last attempt to stay. The local librarian had given her the names of scientists who study paranormal activity. One person on her list was Dr. William Roll, an Oxford-educated psychologist. Dr. Roll uses science to explain the phenomena associated with hauntings. William Roll speaking. This is Lisa Warwick. Uh, yes, when Lisa called me, she definitely was upset. It was an unusual case in my experience because Heidi describes somebody she had never met but then Heidi began having some frightening experiences, followed by these scratches on her and her father. And that's very rare in, uh, in the type of investigation I, I do. Dr. Roll agreed to meet the family and investigate. But it was one thing to study the apparitions, and quite another to make them go away. 
The Wyricks feared that little Heidi's visions were not just her imagination. When both the girl and her father woke up with claw marks, the family decided to seek professional help. Dr. William Roll, a noted psychologist who studies the paranormal, agreed to investigate. It always starts with interviews uh, with, with family members to find out uh, what actually happens um, and to, to separate out things that might be due to imagination. Hi, hello, Heidi. Hello. Can you start playing just for a few minutes and talk to Dr. Roll? He's got some questions he wants to ask you. Is that okay? Dr. Roll asked Heidi okay. about the apparitions, testing the consistency of her recall. Good. All right. Children her age uh, tend to have an active imagination. So, Heidi, you had some. He wanted to determine how much of the phenomena was grounded in reality. When I, when I spoke to Heidi or when I spoke to the whole family, they seemed eminently sane. You know, I didn't see, find any sign of mental illness that I could detect. Now, Heidi herself was no doubt that she was dealing with real people. They appeared solid to her. They felt solid. They would hold her hand, and they looked solid. So she didn't have any concept of ghosts or anything at that time. I was pretty certain that this was not a made-up story. These were not made-up incidents. These were real. Dr. Roll believed that Heidi may have been experiencing place memories, the theory in parapsychology used to explain apparitional phenomena. That Heidi responded to past images of Mr. Gordy may seem really strange and surprising that that is possible. But in fact, the world we live in is governed by light and uh, energy. A place memory is similar to a recording of a person's energy that has been retained in the environment long after the person has died. Uh, what, what happened when you Dr. Roll was fascinated with Heidi's apparent sensitivity to place memories. So she picked up those traces and in her mind constructed this person of Mr. Gordy. So that's what makes this case to me so unique that this child had that capacity. Were you, uh, were you scared uh, when you were with Mr. Gordy? Okay. But scientists have yet to understand how these energy recordings are stored in the environment or why so few individuals can perceive them. Dr. Roll decided to perform a test. He located an old photograph of James Gordy mixing it in with 10 other photographs of men approximately the same age, he showed them to Heidi. As she neared the bottom of the pile, she stopped. That's Mr. Gordy. She had, without hesitation, correctly identified James Gordy as her friend, a man whose picture she had never seen before. Dr. Roll was amazed. At that point, I really didn't know what to think. She was, was special to me. She was my only child. 
You know, I knew then she did have a special gift. How, how did you recognize the picture of Mr. Gordy? How did you know this is Mr. This was Mr. Gordy? Because he's my friend. It teaches us something about about the human mind. I mean, we we may all have that ability, and some people have it in a more pronounced way. And Heidi is one of these uh, individuals who has this ability to um, to an extraordinary degree. Dr. Roll believed that place memories of Lon Batchelor, the bloody man Heidi had seen on her doorstep, still lingered in the area. Like James Gordy, he had once lived near the Wyrick home. Convinced that he was dealing with a natural phenomenon, Dr. Roll began searching for an environmental source that may be triggering Heidi's experiences. One source could be fluctuations in magnetic fields that occur naturally when rocks shift beneath the Earth's surface. These fluctuations are known to affect the right temporal lobe of the brain and cause hallucinations. Studies have shown that a person's perceptions can also be influenced by ions or electrically charged particles in the air. Dr. Roll brought in a team and an array of equipment to measure such factors. Heidi had experienced dramatic drops in temperature every time the dark figure appeared. Using a sensitive thermometer, Dr. Roll charted the temperature in each area of the house. The experience at a hot site typically include drops in temperature, sometimes increases in temperature. But the house was a constant 18 degrees Celsius. When Dr. Roll tested for ions in the air, his equipment pegged the scale. We found a source of strong positive ions close to Heidi's room. Scientists have discovered that positive ions have a negative effect on a person's mood and perceptions and may be affecting Heidi. To measure differences in the magnetic field, they used an electromagnetometer, power lines, electrical wiring, and household appliances are known to cause magnetic fluctuations. For a person as sensitive as Heidi, these too might result in hallucinations. Nothing uh, unusual at all about the uh, electromagnetic readings in the room. The magnetic fields appeared normal. But a one-time measurement was not sufficient. To have a significant effect on brain activity, the magnetic field would have to fluctuate over time. To determine if this was occurring, Dr. Roll wired the house with sensors. During the night, a computer would record the readings. What he would discover, he hoped, would finally end the haunting. The apparitions, once seen only by Heidi, were making themselves known to other members of the Wyrick family. A team of scientists led by Dr. William Roll was called in to unravel the mysterious occurrences. During the night, a computer recorded electromagnetic activity that might explain the haunting. 
The next morning, Dr. Roll examined the data. The readings taken the previous day averaged around 0.1 milligauss. In the middle of the night, the magnetic field had spiked in Lisa and Andy's room to over 40 milligauss. This unusually high fluctuation confirmed Dr. Roll's suspicions. So we have these very ordinary uh, energies producing these rather extraordinary uh, experiences. And uh, these, in, the, in a site where this happens is popularly known as a haunt or haunting. In an effort to find the source of the electromagnetic activity, Dr. Roll conducted geological research in the Columbus area. Pouring over some local newspapers, he uncovered the report of an earthquake. Seismic activity is known to produce fluctuations in the Earth's magnetic field. Dr. Roll was now convinced that the environment in and around the Wyrick home was causing the apparitions. He revealed his findings to the family. First of all, I don't think there are any demons or, or devils afoot here. And my feeling in the house is that it's a very, a very loving family, a very normal and loving family. Mm -hmm. The ghosts, he said, were not real. They were just hallucinations brought on by the environment. Informing them that a seismic fault existed near the property, he explained how that might affect them. Magnetic impulses generated by movements along the fault may be stimulating Heidi's brain. We had a significant electromagnetic event. And when that interacts with the brain, it can cause you to have curious, strange experiences. Towards the end of the house, there was a high positive ion count. He told them that positive ions can adversely affect a person's perceptions. Heidi's room had a very high number of positive ions. These, he said, may also be contributing to her visions or hallucinations. Heidi knows about that also. So I don't think you have anything to fear. And if, if anything else happens, I'm as far, I'm as close as, a, as your phone. <laughs> I left feeling fairly confident that I'd done whatever I could for the family and that I obtained some meaningful research findings for myself. I think Dr. Rowe, I mean, he's a smart man. Uh, I just don't, I mean, I know what he said has got a lot to do with it, but I don't believe that's all it is to it. Dr. Rowe admitted he was at a loss to explain the scratches on both Heidi and her father. Although Dr. Roll's explanations comforted the Wyrex, the haunting continued. As the years passed, the family tried to put their fears to rest. They happily welcomed a new addition to the family, a baby girl named Jordan. Heidi had grown accustomed to seeing ghosts. Though she was still afraid to be alone in the house, she adjusted and made friends at school. 
Heidi began to see Mr. Gordy less and less. By the time she had grown into her teens, the old man who had been her childhood companion was a distant memory. It's been a while since I've seen Mr. Gordy. I do miss seeing him, you know, and I, I always will. I considered him one of my friends. Some people, you know, when they hear the word ghost, they think, you know, of, you know, someone or something that you can just see through. But I don't, I don't call them ghosts. I call them spirits because, you know, that's, that's what they are. But they're, they're just like real people, you know, they're, I mean, just like me and you. Although Mr. Gordy had faded from Heidi's life, a more sinister presence continued to assert itself. It was the faceless man Heidi had seen for years. The dark figure even appeared on the porch of her aunt's house next door. He just walked right into the wall and just walked right through it. And so then I knew it wasn't a man. I didn't see his face. I didn't even see, you know, the anything but except a dark, like a black figure of a man. I didn't see, you know, his clothes. I mean, I just, it was just black, but it was the figure of a man. And I just remember being, you know, really scared. What are you all doing here? What is it? Heidi confided her fears to her best friend, Montine Bryant. Over the years, Montine had also witnessed unusual activity at the Wyrick house. What was that? Nobody's here, is there? Mm -mm. Mama, he's gone. about him that scared me. Um, I don't know if it was because I couldn't see him or what, I don't, I don't know. I just remember being really frightened. The local media heard about the house and the girl who saw ghosts. One newspaper reporter who was intrigued by the paranormal called the Wyricks to schedule an interview. As he approached the house, he sensed a presence. There was something at the window, something evil. The reporter refused to come nearer. Soon the entire community would know that the Wyrick house was haunted. Heidi's had a real hard time with it. When she, when the, when everybody first got wind of it, that she was seeing these spirits, everybody, everybody made fun of her. 
They're never going to let her live it down. Heidi had to contend with the terrifying apparitions and with the stigma of being different. Nobody seemed to understand what she was going through. Can you believe she says she sees ghosts? <laughs> Heidi felt isolated and helpless. I don't like all the attention that's, you know, brought on me. I've been, you know, ridiculed just about, you know, my whole life. Sometimes I just wish it would all go away. Anyway, I wanted to run over here and show you these uh, pictures from my vacation because they came out so good. Lisa's niece Kelly was at the Wyrick house one afternoon when they heard voices coming from the hall. What's your name? Are you one of Heidi's friends? Who was Jordan talking to? Lisa knew that the only other person home was her youngest daughter, Jordan. You don't? Did you move away? Were you hurt bad? Jordan, who are you talking to? The little girl. What little girl? The one who got killed in a car accident. Is she still in there? No. Come on, let's mean you get out of here. As long as we've been living here, it still startles me. You never know when to expect it. As much as we've seen and, and heard and experienced. I don't know if it goes with families or if it's related to the house. Dr. Roll had told the Wyricks that their house was the source of the haunting. Now that Jordan had seen an apparition, Lisa feared it was more than the house. It was her family they were attracted to. Lisa's sister, Joyce, confirmed her darkest fear. Who's there? Hello? One night when she was alone, she heard laughter in the hall. It sounded like a little girl laughing. And she laughed. I mean, it was just like a, a creepy little laugh. No, this this is not funny anymore. This is not childish play. Something's going on. When you see it firsthand, that's really what scares you. And that's really when you say, you know, there really are ghosts.
when I see a spirit, I can feel if they're good or if I think they're, they're bad. Like the little girl, I didn't really even think anything of it. You know, it didn't bother me the least bit, so I don't think of her as, as a bad spirit. Lisa didn't share her daughter's feelings. She feared the spirits and believed they were evil. It's hard to describe the, the deep, gravelly sound that was coming from my room above my bed when everything else in the house it was dead silence. For over 10 years, the Wyricks had experienced encounters with the dead. Starting with the benevolent Mr. Gordy, Entities grew more terrifying as time passed. Now, Lisa Wyrick believed the spirits in the house were evil. The family had searched in vain for a way to end the haunting. In desperation, they turned to their faith. They began attending a new church headed by Brother Stephen Shelley. Hallelujah. And I read in the matchless name of Jesus Christ in the power of God's word to cast out devils. Brother Shelley believed in demonic spirits. He assured the family that they had the power to rid themselves of the entities. We're here tonight to tell the devil that he's lost this battle. Hallelujah! The y had to end the haunting, and they had to do it now. For years, they had relied on the advice of Dr. William Roll, an experienced parapsychologist. Andy decided to reach out to him once more. William Roll speaking. Andy told him about Jordan's conversation with the Phantom Girl and the voices Lisa had heard. Dr. Roll understood the family's growing fear. People very often don't like to talk about hot phenomena because they think that they're harboring demons. There was this worry about another world that intruded on their lives and that might be dangerous and demonic. From my point of view, we are dealing with, we're dealing with natural occurrences, very often unusual or strange 
are unexplained natural occurrences, but they are still natural as far as I'm concerned. Dr. Roll agreed to return. He was particularly curious now that Heidi's little sister Jordan had also seen an apparition and that Lisa had heard voices coming from above her bed. Dr. Roll interviewed family members about their recent experiences. When was the last time you noticed anything unusual, Heidi? How long ago was that? Mm, I think the last thing that happened was when I was in the shower and I, I heard someone laughing. Uh -huh. um, but I was home by myself. I see. So it sounded like an older woman. I see. And it sounded like she was like right outside the shower. And how did you feel about that? Oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. It it scared me. Mm -hmm. And I was home by myself, so that made it worse. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. You have heard voices, Lisa. That's it. I heard what I thought was demonic <clears throat> voices. Mm -hmm. uh, it was two talking amongst themselves. Yes. And I kind of felt like they were discussing something about me, maybe. I see. It seemed like it was over my bed, mm -hmm. you know, when I was trying to go to sleep. I see. We've been going to a new church and... Lisa the believed the deep voices she heard were demonic spirits. To Dr. Roll, it meant something else. That's one of the things that are often reported at haunt sites. It seems to be associated with changes in the magnetic field that impact on the brain. I have no doubt that people have experiences that, that they call ghosts. But do I believe that they reflect the still living consciousness of the uh, individuals? Well, I doubt that. Um, I see my mom's room. I saw a man sit on her bed. And In your mom's room, you saw a man sitting on the bed? When you hear things and see things that are not physically present, well, that's what we call ESP, or psychic ability. Extrasensory perception, or ESP, is the ability to receive information without using the known senses. As Heidi described her strange encounters, Dr. Roll knew they would probably continue. I don't think these uh, experiences are over because Heidi and uh, Lisa are what's known as psychic. That's, in my opinion, a very natural human ability. The number of ways in which contemporary science can account for psychic abilities, it, it turns out to be, a, these turn out to be natural uh, capacities uh, of the human mind that can be understood and pursued through science. Another aspect that makes this, this case unique that there are so many people in, in that family who have uh, experienced things. Then the question is, have they experienced these things because of the unusual uh, magnetic fields, or are we dealing with, with something genetic? Is it something that's inherited from mother to child to grandchild? To explore his theory of a genetic link, Dr. Roll expanded his investigation and visited Lisa's childhood home. He interviewed other family members, including her father, and uncovered paranormal experiences dating back generations. 
In the course of these interviews, I discovered that there's a history of this running through the family. Too old to play for with you. I could see her just like a little child. I see. Just like a real person that was in front of me. Really, really. Very interesting. It now seemed clear to him that Lisa's side of the family held the key to the current disturbances. My mom was raised in a place in Georgia called Hainted Holler, which the correct pronunciation would be. Haunted Hollow. It was located in northern Georgia along the infamous Trail of Tears. Brutal conflicts between American settlers and the Cherokees erupted in the early 1800s. The United States government forced thousands of Native Americans from their lands and sent them west to internment camps. Over 2,000 men, women, and children died on the treacherous journey which became known as the Trail of Tears. Since then, Haunted Hollow has endured this legacy. They had a lot of experiences there when she was growing up with seeing things, and it wasn't just them, it was the area. And there was an old uh, cave down there, and they could hear screams and cries coming out of that cave. When they went to investigate, no one was there. The screams continued for years. You don't really think about it a whole lot when you hear ghost stories from, you know, long ago, until it hits you square in the face with somebody today, and then, and then you learn that it's really true and you see it for a fact, and, and that's what really scares you. Dr. Roll sensed Lisa's and Andy's growing frustration. No longer comforted by his explanations, Lisa now believed that the entities plaguing them were demonic. Dr. Roll tried to explain that the apparitions were a result of Heidi and Lisa's psychic abilities. And there's nothing evil or bad about being psychic, it's just a sensitivity to the environment. <clears throat> While he did not believe in spirits, Dr. Roll wanted to provide them with guidance in accepting their psychic abilities. He suggested they allow a professional medium to visit their house. Dr. Roll wanted to know if he could bring in some psychics. And I agreed to, to, let, to let them come in and uh, do their readings. We couldn't have any contacts with them whatsoever. We couldn't meet them or anything, so we left before they even came. Dr. Roll prescribed strict guidelines for the psychic. She was not allowed to meet the family, nor was she given any information, even about the haunting. The Wyricks were living in fear, plagued by dark figures. Their sleep disturbed by disembodied voices. They felt like strangers in their own home. According to experts, the haunting had a scientific explanation, but such theories did nothing to stop them.
At the request of Dr. Rohr, a psychic arrived at the Wyrick house. She brought an assistant to document her findings. The footage could later be compared um, to the family's claims. The, I'm, what I'm seeing here is just so much, it's thick. It's like a wall of energy. And Amy Allen claims to have psychic abilities. She calls herself a physical medium, which is someone who can communicate with the dead. When I was a child, I didn't really understand that these these people were dead. Uh, they were just people that were around me. The first experience that I had as a child that I can recall uh, was not a pleasant one at all. I came into contact with these entities. It was a man and a woman. They would appear in my closet. They would talk to me for hours. One night, they wanted me to come with them. And I didn't understand, being five years old, what that meant. Uh, so they wanted me to bite an electrical cord. So I bit the cord and got electrocuted. I associated that pain with them. Didn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. And I remember them, uh, that I would go to the bathroom and they would be down the hall on the wall and they would kind of peel down and look at me. And uh, it was, there was a lot of fear a lot of fear. It took Amy many years to come to terms with her abilities. Now she provides assistance to families who are being tormented by unexplained phenomena. Families who have lost all control. At the Wyrick house, Amy felt a strong supernatural presence all over the property. She encountered an entity she referred to as the caretaker. I got simply the feeling that this person was attached to the property, was attached to the houses, was attached to the people. This entity was, in fact, very good. Uh, very good, gentle, uh, and was a protector, is a protector. Like I got initially a caretaker. Um, so While Amy sent spirits outside the Wyrick home, she encountered even more inside. The little girl was very solid, uh, to the point where I hesitated a moment and thought that she could possibly be living. And that is extremely rare. Up to this point, Amy had only sensed gentle spirits. But in the shadows lurked a powerful and menacing presence. The first entity that I came into contact with that made me feel uncomfortable uh, was one that consisted of three different elements. Two being two deceased elderly gentlemen, one being a younger male uh, that had basically no face. It was kind of blacked out, uh, kind of like a mask. I had never before ex experienced anything of this nature, and I didn't know what to make of it at the time. And the feeling around the, this energy was very negative and uh, angry and 
I was very uncomfortable, absolutely uncomfortable with it. Amy's findings were eerily similar to what the Wyricks had been experiencing for years. She seemed to validate the family's claims. Several entities inhabited the property. Some were benign, but others were more sinister. Exactly what that thing is, and we'll just kind of let it go. We'll just kind of head down. While Amy embraced Dr. Roll's findings, she also believed that spirits of the dead haunted the property and that they were drawn to the Wyrick family. There are several different factors influencing the situation. One of the factors is the location. It has a high energy reading. The second is that both mother and daughter are mediums. They both have abilities. The family could not just move uh, and expect nothing more to happen to them because of the fact that they do have these abilities. Um, things will happen periodically throughout their lives. Uh, it's not something that you can just escape from. After Amy finished reading the house, she presented her findings to the family. I do not believe that the Wyricks are plagued by demons. These entities that come through that are dark or negative in any way tend to be um, people that were not great people in life. Uh, they were angry, uh, you know, I've run into serial killers, I've run into, you know, murderers, rapists, so on and so forth, and they were very angry, obviously, in life, and they're still angry in death. And the interesting thing is, is that on investigations, I've noticed that they can manipulate how we perceive them, basically feeding off of our fear. But Lisa believed that the spirit described by the psychic as angry and agitated was demonic. She was terrified of what would happen next. Lisa consulted another psychic who shared her religious faith and claimed to have the power of discerning demonic activity. He said he could sense spirits, but was unable to see or talk to them. Well, it's not like it's... The moment he entered the house, he detected a powerful entity. And it's as if I can just sense this presence. Like right here? It's been area? more right around this area right here. But this is the strongest? Yeah, right right around here. But it's it's not like it's it resides right right here. This is where I sense it. And it's as as if it's as if you're passing by somebody. Right here. 
is very heavy in here. As he entered Lisa's and Andy's room, he sensed the demonic spirit growing stronger. It's all over. I feel it right here. Right here. It's as if I'm, it's right in this area, right here. It's like going this way. In Heidi's room, the medium also sensed a demonic presence. It felt less heavy, as if something were struggling against it. Another spirit, a protective one, seemed to be in control. When I come through that door right there, I can sense it. I, I just sense a presence. I, you know, it's it's very strong in the in this room right here. And as you walk in, the closer you get to that wall over there in that corner, it kind of subsides. Jordan's room, in contrast, felt peaceful. But as he approached the doorway, he sensed a spirit trying to get in. Right here. Right here. I can sense a demonic spirit. The medium advised Lisa to consult her pastor back for help. This way right here. Through prayer and fasting, he felt confident they could loosen the stronghold the spirits had on the family. Everything he said was exactly what they had told us. They had the same feelings in the same exact spots, right in front of the fireplace, basically. They told us that that was the, the um, entryway from one rim to the other. I just don't know what to think. What's wrong with you? Why are you crying? Huh? That guy came in here. He said they had felt some really bad spirits. Well, we need to quit worrying about all these people coming Lisa in and Andy were at their wits' end. The psychics had confirmed their worst fears, and they felt helpless. The question was how to make the spirits go away. Despite their ordeal, they were still no closer to answering it. The haunting had taken a toll on the Wyricks. Heidi had seen apparitions for years, but now too had most of her family. Experts in the paranormal had brought them no relief. And I just kind of hoped that it would get better over time. It didn't get any better. Right here. We're going to have our preachers pray for us. They turned to their pastor, Brother Stephen Shelley. 
It really stirred my curiosity. I told the church, this family, the Weirich family, is a part of us. Uh, their problems are our problems. That's how we do things around here. I, I know there are various approaches, although I, I have to confess, uh, I believe that it is demon activity. And I believe that uh, the only way that it's going to cease is to deal with the demons involved. It was something that they, they were definitely ready to be rid of. They wanted their normal life back, if at all possible. And I wanted to try to help them achieve that. Perhaps for anyone who's visiting here, doesn't understand what we're doing, we are anointing them with oil. In God's I believe the gift that Heidi has is a gift of sensitivity to the spirit world. Unfortunately, if we're sensitive to good spirits, quite often we're also sensitive to the evil side or the darker side. I pray right now that if there be any spirit, any demon power that remains in that home or on their property, I challenge it now. Perhaps, Lord, <laughs> this has affected Heidi the most. In the name of Jesus. The characters that Heidi first encountered were friendly and good-natured, who wanted to play with her, to entertain her. Um, things certainly turned. The demonic manifestation of scratching her, scratching her father, that was the demon showing his real nature. I see some new shining gates open. I promise you this is not the, for the sake of being seen. This is for the sake of someone's life and sanity and peace. This is serious business for me. I see how the enemy has desired to cause you to withdraw yourself, to draw up into a shell because of the moments of feeling misunderstood because of the moments of feeling afraid, because of the There are two very powerful forces in the world, the forces of good and the forces of evil. And I believe that all things that happen are, are motivated by one of the two. I didn't realize that there was hurt involved. and I never thought about there being hurt and pain involved in all of this, but I saw that hurt. I, I never thought of this either, but there has been some guilt in her mind as though she could help it, as though she brought this trouble on her family. I want to tell you, honey, that's not true. Don't you ever feel guilty about it again. It has nothing to do with anything you've done or haven't done. Let your love and your peace cover her. Oh... Thank you.
feel better about tonight? Yeah, I feel better. You feel better, honey? Yeah, I feel a lot better. I don't know, after what he said, I think it'll be alright now. I mean, but you know that he said that you feel like everything that had happened, you, you kind of felt like it was your fault, and you know it's not. As the family returned home, they were comforted by the support they had received from their church. They felt stronger and more confident. The apparitions, they told themselves, were not going to win. Wyricks had reached an impasse. They had to find a way to stop the haunting. Frustrated with parapsychology, they sought refuge in their faith. To shield the family from demons, their pastor, Brother Shelley, anointed them in a ceremony at the church. I do not believe in ghosts. I believe uh, that this was the work of demon spirits. From the beginning, the Wyrick family was targeted. They were marked by evil spirits and until they're ultimately cast away from them or driven away from them. These demons would follow the Wyrick family wherever they go. But according to medium Amy Allen, rather than shielding themselves, they needed to accept and understand what was happening to them. I believe that there are deceased entities, people at the location. So what you have is an extremely active location where the mediums, the mother and daughter, are going to be having experiences because the deceased people are attracted to them. Just like Mediums kind of body, no are a type of beacon uh, for the dead, almost like a light in a pitch black room. Uh, and they're just attracted to that light. Heidi is a physical medium. The way that she describes the events that have happened to her uh, click very much so with what physical mediums deal with, uh, which is physically seeing and hearing those who have died. Parapsychologist William Roll believes Heidi's sensitivity to place memories is the cause of the haunting and that she must accept her psychic abilities. Many people are convinced that haunt experiences 
are evidence of life after death. In a case such as the Gordy case, at least fragments of deceased individuals continue to exist. If you are psychic, you will have an additional mode of perception. So for people who uh, allow this to happen in their lives, they are at an advantage over the rest of us. Heidi displayed psychical abilities, psychic sensitivity. This is possibly genetically based because her mother and grandparents also have reported experiences like this. The Wyricks know they will never lead normal lives, but they hope to one day find peace. I think about it all the time. I mean, I lay down at night, and I'll sit there and lay there, you know, and I'm just wondering, you know, is something going to happen? And I just finally go to sleep, and nothing happens. So if that's what it takes for me not to see nothing is to have to think about it all the time, I guess I'll just have to think about it. Having faith is the biggest part of it. You just have to have faith that things are going to get better. You just have to go on. I don't feel that, that I want to move anymore because I'm not going to let the, I'm not going to let it win, win me out, make me move out of my own home. You know, I just have faith. I have faith in the Lord that, you know, that Heidi will outgrow it, or you know, that it'll eventually leave us alone. Like I said, it has gotten better over the last several months, and that's just having faith. We don't have as many things happen now as we used to, but I mean, things do happen, you know, with me. With everything that I've seen, you know, being able to see things, I don't think it's a curse. know if it's a gift or not. Now that I'm older, I just, you know, kind of, kind of wish that you know, all of it would leave, you know, would leave me. I do have some things that has happened that I don't, you know, I don't even like talking to Mama and about. They know most of the things, but just, you know, some things, I guess it's just, I'll probably just keep to myself. Heidi continues to see spirits. According to those who study the phenomena, she always will. And there is nothing she can do to stop it.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the History Express podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please look in the show description notes for a link that will allow you to help support the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, have a great day.